Michael Hewitt was paid a set daily rate for his job working as a supervisor on an offshore oil rig. But he frequently had to work far more than the usual 40-hour work week, only without the benefit of overtime pay. So Hewitt sued his employer Helix Energy Solutions to get the overtime pay that Hewitt argued was owed to him under the Fair Labor Standards Act, FLSA. In response, Helix argued that they didn't have to pay overtime to highly compensated employees like Hewitt. But Hewitt claimed that his set daily rate technically wasn't even considered being paid on a salary basis anyway, which again meant that he qualified for overtime. Helix, the employer, ended up winning in district court. Then, the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit reversed before the Supreme Court granted certiorari. The court was asked in this case whether a high-earning employee is compensated on a salary basis and therefore exempt from overtime pay when his paycheck is based solely on a daily rate. They held that daily rate employees are not paid on a salary basis and are therefore entitled to overtime pay. Today I'll be reading Justice Gorsuch's dissenting opinion in this case. Enjoy. Justice Gorsuch, dissenting. The court granted certiorari to answer this question. Whether a supervisor making over $200,000 each year is entitled to overtime pay because the standalone regulatory exemption set forth remains subject to the detailed requirements of 29 CFR section 541.604 when determining whether highly compensated supervisors are exempt from the Fair Labor Standard Act's overtime pay requirements. In other words, we agreed to decide which regulations certain well-paid employees must satisfy to fit within the overtime pay exemption. Must they satisfy only Section 541.601, or must they satisfy Section 541.601 and Section 541.604? Unfortunately, this case does not tee up that issue in the way we hoped. With the benefit of briefing and argument, it has become clear that the critical question here is not how Section 541.601 and Section 541.604 interact. Instead, the critical question is an antecedent one whether Helix Energy paid Michael Hewitt, the supervisor at issue in this case, on a salary basis under Section 541.602. As the court explains, the proper interaction between Section 541.601 and Section 541.604 matters only if Helix Energy paid Mr. Hewitt on a salary basis, consistent with the terms of Section 541.602. Faced with this development, the court chooses to take up the question 
whether Mr. Hewitt was paid on a salary basis under Section 541.602 and holds he was not. Respectfully, I would dismiss this case as improvidently granted after successfully petitioning the court to decide how Section 541.601 relates to Section 541.604, Helix Energy assured us that the flaw in the decision below has nothing to do with the salary basis test. I might excuse that disclaimer as a mere rhetorical flourish if Helix Energy's briefing nonetheless made clear the importance of Section 541.602 in this case. But it did not. The company devoted only about two pages to the issue in its opening brief. On reply, Helix Energy went so far as to criticize Mr. Hewitt for trying to change the subject from how Section 541.601 and Section 541.601 604 interact to whether section 541.602 is satisfied. In these circumstances, I would not reach out to address the operation of section 541.602, a question we never granted certiorari to decide, one on which we have received little briefing, and one Helix Energy even assured us we need not decide. Another reason counsels hesitation too. Helix Energy does not just dispute the proper application of various regulations. It contends those regulations are inconsistent with and unsustainable under the terms of the statute on which they are purportedly based. While Section 541.601.602 and 604 focused on an employee's salary, Helix Energy submits the statute requires attention to the employee's duties. Understandably, the court refuses to entertain this larger statutory argument because Helix Energy failed to raise it earlier in the litigation but the fact that Helix Energy forfeited such a foundational argument seems to me all the more reason to leave any question about Section 541.602 to another day. We've come to the end of the opinion. Until next episode, Thanks for listening to What SCOTUS Wrote Us.